Welcome to City Stories, the podcast by Energy Cities. I'm Miriam Eisenman and I'm your host. If you've been following along with this podcast in the past months or more, you'll know that we like to take out local initiatives that might look small for now, but that can have a big impact in the future. Today we picked one of them, the Econom, an awareness-raising program on energy use from citizens for citizens. We meet Hugo and Julie, who are both involved in it. Hugo Weisbecker is working for the energy cooperative ENACOP, and Julie Mayer is a cooperative member. In our conversation, we said about defining the word sufficiency and why it matters so much, and I started off with asking why it is so difficult for most of us to change entrenched behaviors. Julie and Hugo do have a passionate and creative response to that, and they convinced me that serious games are a fantastic way to change people's mindset. And here we go with the episode. I think you're really going to love it. Concerning the difficulty to, to change habits, I think that uh, it comes from two things. It says there's so much going on in our life that sometimes it's easier to stay as we are and we don't want to put efforts on changing something. And also that um, we are surrounding and overwhelmed by uh, communication and marketing, pushing, pushing us to consume different goods, different things. And it's been like this for so long that it's actually... It, it 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 became um part of uh, the way of living actually and 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 that's i think pretty hard to protect ourselves from the those messages this is hugo talking about our inner conflicts to live with less energy Hugo has been working for Inacop for three years where he's energy savings and european project manager Inacop is a big French cooperative that is producing and selling renewable electricity. And at the same time, they are nudging people towards energy savings. Hugo is living and working in Paris. And Julie, what do you think about bad and good habits? It's all our Occidental society which is designed to consume always more and more. And we are uh, living uh, in a way of life that uh, pushes us to do always more and more, uh, faster and faster, and all that can create a lot of dissonances or contradictions in our daily life when we when we, we try to to adopt uh, good habits in terms of uh, in terms of ecology. I think um, there is also an, an issue with uh, blaming people for not adopting good habits, and I think blaming people is not always uh, the best idea. Uh, so this is also why changing habits can be so difficult. If eco gestures are associated to a blaming feelings, it is hard to uh, to create an enthusiasm. I think, and also I think it's uh, difficult sometimes to translate such global challenges such as the global warming into local and individual impactful actions. So it can be difficult to convince people that what they do at their scale has actually a real impact. As a member of Inacop, Julie is also part of a citizen group called Les Economes. Les Economes means actually the peelers in English. This is the name of the citizen-to-citizen program Julie is involved in. And uh, the idea is actually that she and her peers would kind of peel kilowatts off their and others' lives. So um, the group 
is only at the beginning. It started in June 2021. But what they want to do is really encourage others, friends, neighbors, or colleagues to save energy and reduce their energy needs overall. But I guess Hugo can explain this so much better as Inacop has been uh, at the initiative of this group. So uh, at Enercup, we've been working on energy saving for 17 years. And uh, what we know is that our members are often people that are already aware of climate change and that are often keen to do more to and get themselves into uh, our project. So um, we decided to create the economy and energy savings um, uh, also because we knew that our message was efficient to our consumer, but we faced more difficulties to reach out new public. So the creation of the community was a way to uh, to have people organize and facilitate awareness raising activities on energy saving. Uh, it, it was a way for us to get closer to a member because we uh, train them, we help them to uh, get a local legal entity. We, we've been uh, with, them, with them all along the process. And uh, the idea was also uh, that know that it's often more efficient to have messages uh, sharing by pairs, uh, like a citizen for a citizen, in, so, so you can relate to the people and 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 not having an expert uh, position. And another stuff is that we know that what's most difficult about uh, changing your behavior is to, as, as Julie just said before, is to keep the, the engagement in the long term. And by creating a Philippine community of network and by getting people close, closer, uh, we strongly believe that the engagement can be kept longer for, for each individual. In her professional life, Julie is research and assistant professor at the renowned French university École Polytechnique. In her research work, she's trying to find out how we can change our mode of organization and behavior to cope better with the current climate risk and to get into a far less energy-consuming lifestyle. Julie lives in the city of Rennes. Julie, why is it so difficult for all of us to change our habits? Actually, changing habits and behaviors is one of the major challenges we address in social sciences in general, but also in management sciences. So uh, maybe more specifically in my own research on sufficiency, uh, I often see the following five steps. Um, so first, creating awareness. Second, uh, creating a momentum, like to trigger the change. I think what is hard is to decide that one day you're going to act differently and change your entire routine. Three, uh, involving people to create uh, self-commitment. So many studies show that people will better adopt a change if they have participated to define it, if the decision to change comes from themselves. Four, um, motivating with feedbacks. So I think showing results is important because changing habits requires efforts. And if people see some real effects, well, it's very encouraging. So if your electricity bill decreases after one month of eco-gestures, or uh, if you receive a positive encouragement and admiration from your family and friends, it reinforces your determination. And five, stabil stabilizing the new routine, because the trickiest 
thing in changing habits is that the new habit can easily be dropped out because you're tired, because you lack of time, or you simply forget it. So we need to think about ways to help people stabilizing their good habits in the way they consume energy over time. And it goes, I think, through more structural changes in our society. You may have heard it as well. Julie just dropped the word sufficiency. Energy sufficiency is one of the three energy sustainability strategies next to energy efficiency and renewable energies. Sufficiency is actually quite a bulky word for something that is meant to make our lives so much nicer. It is pretty much used in France, especially at political level. This summer, the French government released a national energy sufficiency plan. The goal is to reduce energy consumption by 40% until the year 2050. But it is still far less used in other European countries. So I asked Julie what we actually mean by sufficiency in contrast to energy efficiency. Well, the truth is that Uh, there are no consensus about what sufficiency means yet. <laughs> the definition is moving all the time, either, either for academics or professionals. But that's great because it also shows that the concept creates debate. What we could say is that sufficiency is overall about doing less or doing just enough to do better. Sufficiency is about rethinking our behaviors and our lifestyles to be less dependent of natural resources and energy in particular. And sufficiency is complementary to what we call efficiency. So efficiency would be um, to ask how to make our technologies more performant to save energy, while sufficiency would be to ask the question, do we really need it and to which extent? So both questions are important and they need each other. Very concretely, sufficiency in our day-to-day -day life could mean we lower the temperature in the room, we resist to fast fashion, or we eat more veggie dishes. It can also be about replacing one thing with another, for example, taking a bike instead of the car, or we resize, like smaller homes, smaller screens, smaller distances traveled, and we can also consume less by sharing, repairing, or reusing more. Think about co-working spaces or car sharing, etc. But are individual actions not only symbolic? And I mean, are these really enough to bring the big change? My vision of sufficiency, I just uh, want to point out that, to, I mean, to me, it's super important also to to say that the, the sufficiency can be both personal and collective and must be both personal and collective. So on the individual matters, that's what we, we, we've been talking about, having uh, new habits, but it's also have to be thought at the collective uh, dimension. And, and, and that's where To me, sufficiency is super interesting because it creates new social environment, new social relationships. It gets people closer. And, um, and that also, on the collective side, it's also, to me, the uh, responsibility of authorities, of uh, governments to uh, bring sufficiency public laws into the debate. Now, the big question is, how do we bring the notion of pleasure and fun into energy efficiency strategies? We want to speak about sufficiency through conviviality, and that's what we do when we do our awareness-raising actions. 
uh, is we want to be a place where people can meet each other, when people can exchange and share their knowledge. Yeah, uh, I guess sufficiency touches what is really important and personal for all of us. It's about our lifestyle, about our needs, about our sources of pleasure. So as Hugo said, if we only present sufficiency as an objective to reach, people will only hear, I am losing something, but I don't win anything. And instead, helping people defi defining their own way of being sufficient. And I think um, doing it by a game, as we will explain later, is a way to bring this kind of new story into people's mind. And I think by doing so, we have better chances, chances to convince that it's not only a necessity, but it's also an opportunity to live a better life. With the support by Enacop, Julie's citizen group Econom designed a card game inspired by Milborn, a French family game that is a huge success since the 50s. Milborn is French for a thousand milestones. Okay, it's my turn. Um, I'll play the card lower the temperature of two degrees in my home for 200 watt hours. Wow. The card says that heating is responsible for 60% of the household's consumption. Okay, mine now. I draw a card and I'm going to trap Simeon's one. With the harsh winter that prevents you from playing Echo Jester cards and my turn is gone. Aha, I play Insulated House that protects me now from harsh winter but also from heat wave and rising energy prices. And I play Turn Up Devices on Standby. It's only for 50 watt per hour, but it's the best card I've had. And you know, Standby sometimes it represents 50% of turned on consumption. Oh no, I didn't realize that it could be that much. I'll pay attention for now on. Uh, my card is Borrow um, Appliances. It is Collective Sufficiency. <laughs> Oh, nice. And I will play my bonus card being a member, a member of Les Economes wow. with the Echo Jester install LED lights bulbs with 25 hours. But thanks to my bonus, it now is for 50 watt hour. Julie, can you explain the rules of the game and, and what is the power behind serious games when it comes to engaging people and changing their mindset? So the game we created uh, at the Economes is called the Mille Water. Uh -huh. uh, so it's a card game and the objective is to save 1000 watt hour uh, by using cards that represent actions of sufficiency, either little eco gestures, such as turning, turning off the light or reducing the heat, but also more collective actions or more uh, important changes of uh, habits. And the game is, is, is inspired from a very popular family game in France, the Milborn in French, the 1000 miles, <laughs> uh, in which players have to reach 1000 miles by placing mice cards on the table as quickly as possible. Uh, but they can also give or receive some tricks cards, such as a flat tire or running out of gas or uh, joker cards, uh, such as uh, indestructible tires. So in the Milwater, People discover eco-gestures by placing uh, their action cards on the table and discovering the cards, but they can also experiment typical difficulties, such as a very cold winter, and the solutions to overcome these difficulties with the joker cards. 
what I really like about the the work that the Econom have done on the on the mill water is that the uh, the original game, the millborn, is about uh, driving a car, and so it's about I mean fossil fuel and and everything that and and now we are like keeping the same kind of game and we're trying to collect energy savings. So it's actually also a funny trying way to, to see how how, yeah. how the go how, how the game has been uh, evolved in, in in this new version. The game, uh, as Julie said, the game is a family game uh, at the beginning, so it's it's super easy to uh, to play. And and that's what's good with our activities is that depending on the public we have, we can either play longer and have shorter discussions, or we can have a shorter playing game and going deeper in the conversation if the people present already know a lot about uh, of sufficiency. So it's it's super. Uh, we can adjust it. I think one thing we we forgot to mention about the game is that the activity is not only about playing the game. Uh, after the game, we also uh, engage uh, with the participant group into a discussion uh, to let people react about what eco gesture did they already know? Were they surprised by some some actions? Do they intend to implement some of the actions? And by doing so, we also try to deliver several key messages, such as every little action can have an impact, or there are plenty of little and bigger things we can do individually and uh, collectively. As Hugo said, uh, that sufficiency is not only an, an individual matter, but it's uh, above all collective, uh, or uh, sufficiency does not necessarily mean less comfort, this kind of uh, message. So Inacop and the Econom organize card game meetings in the Paris area. The event is promoted and people can register to it, and then they will spend two hours or so together playing, having a bit of food and drinks, chatting about energy, or even other things. And so the public we, we target are... Um, either from for each economy, their uh, public circle, uh, their private circle, sorry, so their friends, their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, we also target schools uh, from the cities, uh, young young people, young uh, activists. As it's, as it's a game, it's uh, it's also super convenient for uh, children or teenagers. Hugo and Julie, it's very often non-profits or volunteer citizens who spend their time nudging people to save energy or to save the climate. Shouldn't that type of advice and awareness raising be done much more by public bodies? Yeah, in, in, in the ideal world, of course, uh, I think that that can be done by the public bodies. And we can see that on our experience in the in Paris area, because the city of Paris is very interesting in what we do. Uh, we've been in touch with them since the, the beginning of the of the project so uh so there is a strong interest on, on public bodies for for that matter that subject and uh, i don't know if they if they have to uh like really uh be the one doing all the process or if the for example for us the city of paris if they open rooms for us it's super useful because then we have places where we can meet people mm -hmm. and 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 also because uh i think it's super important for local authorities to be close to their citizens and and that's that's the way they can be the one uh inviting people from the neighborhood to the event and that's what we've done for the 
previous events and it worked well. So, uh, so either they must do it or either they should facilitate the, the creation of such uh, communities. Yeah, to, to, to complete Hugo's answer, I, I guess uh, politicals uh, have a like, big role to play in making sufficiency real for, for people, as we were saying, if it's not about just changing individual individual uh, actions, it's about also living in an environment that is more sufficiency friendly, if we can say so. So engaging discussion with, with uh, politicians is also a very important step. In France, we already have some networks or associations that uh, uh, work on that, such as Virage Energy, for example, who also work with game um, gaming action to to help uh, politicians to engage into politic actions of sufficiency. So I guess uh, one role of the econ of the economy is also to be part of a network of association and actors that work to help different uh, categories of people, politicians, citizens, uh, companies, etc., to engage into sufficiency action. But one association can't. Uh, do everything for everyone and speak to all the, the public we have to convince about sufficiency. So I guess coordinating and and having interaction uh, among the associations that are involved in the topic of sufficiency will be very important and to see what kind of synergies we can find between the game of the economy, which, is, which can help uh, people in a city to be more um, aware and uh, okay with the notion, with the concept of sufficiency, and then people who work directly with politicians to help them deciding new politics that are more, more sufficient, etc. And with all these synergies, well, in a, in a perfect world, <laughs> I hope this will help fostering the this will have fostering sufficiency in France. Inacop is part of the SCALE 2030-50 project on energy communities. So, Hugo, to which extent do you actually connect the economic activities around better energy use with renewable energy? Yes, we do, because uh, the Les Economes have, have, have joined uh, a network of uh, energy community that are mainly producing uh, renewable energy in Paris area. That's the network of Energy Partagé. So these economies have been part of them. So the goal is really to uh, uh, to work together so we can learn from their skills from production and, and they can also uh, enjoy what the work we've been doing and, and use our tools. Um, and, and, and of course, uh, we um, on, on on the millwater there are some cars that are talking about um, uh, producing their own electricity and and stuff like this. So mm -hmm. we relate the of course the two the two topics because reducing the consumption is very good, but it's also better to uh, reduce the consumption to consume renewable energy. That's the or message, and that's the key key goal if we want to succeed the energy transition we need to first reduce our consumption and then switch to a renewable energy it was a beautiful conversation with julie and hugo who are both really passionate and engaged hugo told me 
he's actually a chemical engineer by training, but fortunately he ended up working in the cooperative world. And Julie wanted to be more than just a cooperative member as she was curious to see what we can do as a group and how we can encourage different kinds of people to shift to a more energy-wise lifestyle. The impression I most take away with me is that we need to see the energy challenge as a game and as an opportunity to spend a great time together. If we all do a bit of it, we can trigger bigger and bigger actions and eventually change a lot, especially for those who do not have enough right now. Ah, and I wrapped our talk up with three this or that questions. These are questions where I asked Julie and Hugo to give a very short answer and to choose between one of two options. Here we go. If we want to bring real change, what is more promising? Small individual steps or the big political decision? Uh, I think it's complicated to answer because one needs uh, the other one. I mean, if people are not willing to change, politicians will not be willing to make this kind of bold decision. So I guess maybe if I had to, to choose, I would say that big changes may come from political decisions, but these decisions have to be fostered and triggered by maybe small actions and individual local initiatives. I would say big political decisions that are uh, creating within the uh, citizens' uh, willing and participation. How do you prefer to trigger people's imagination and actions on energy? Mass media or neighborhood journal? Neighborhood journal. I would say for this kind of topic, neighborhood journal, because it needs to touch like real people's real life and routines. And I guess they will be more convinced by neighborhood journal than mass media. And also to be able to, to provide a, a discourse about sufficiency that is adapted to the people and that is not standardized, like sufficiency has to be one thing for everyone in France, for example. And finally, when convincing people, facts or emotions? Even though I'm an engineer, I would say emotions. I would go for emotions, but with facts. <laughs> yeah, emotions. <laughs> <laughs> This episode was produced with support from Scale 203050. Scale is an EU project which makes collaboration happen to get many more energy communities up and running. The people behind Scale 203050 work on a methodology and toolkit for citizens, cities and policymakers. If you too want to see more local energy communities across Europe, check out the toolkit and explore all of the project's resources at the website scale202050.eu, scale with two C, like in communities, s-c-c-a-l-e-202050.eu. And scale is actually funded by the EU's Horizon 2020 program. Thanks for tuning in.